What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the Little Big Cast. We are the official PlayStation podcast of the KT Data Network, and we're pumped to be here with you today. In today's episode, Rachel has hard eyes for that sweet, sweet HD in Kingdom Hearts. Always and forever. Drew pimps his new track lines. Oh, stop. <laughs> and Jeff speculates on Tour de France doping games. All this and more <laughs> on episode 19 of the Little Big Cast. The dopest episode. Welcome to the dopingest. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of The Little Big Cast. My name is Jeff Hawks, and I'm your host for today's show. With me, as always, the uh, ever-wonderful uh, Rachel Hernandez. That's me. Hello. And the uh, impressionable and uh, quite scandalous Drew Tyler. I will go with that. Scandalous. <laughs> scandalous! <laughs> Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I feel like for the last four episodes, I've given Drew a very unremarkable... Uh, opening and i apologize for that drew i'm going to try yeah. and make up for it today I, I am a mediocre man i'm a i'm a basic just generic guy and that nope, is fine nope. not today you're not you're That's scandalous drew <laughs> today, today you're scandalous drew and you know what that works uh so this is episode 19 guys we we're almost at the big 2-0 i feel yeah, pretty I good about exciting. that it's exciting we should do we've that almost one. had as many episodes as rachel has had years of life <laughs> isn't that crazy <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, if you crazy. really think about it, so close. Next we're getting episode. up there. I know. Wow. Yeah, adult it's soon. Getting up to those adult years. I know. Um, anyway, pumped to be here today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are live on Justin TV. So if you're on there listening, uh, welcome. I'm pretty pumped uh, to be able to do that. So let's just get into it, uh, and we'll start out with Drew because he okay. did show notes first this week. So I last did. week he didn't do them. At so all. we made him go first. This week he did him first. So we're going to make him go first. <laughs> Great. Nope. Wrong one, Drew. Well, nope. KT. <laughs> no, I, That's all right. We're learning the switching here. It's all good. We're, we're, Sorry. So, for me, <laughs> so this is this is just where we talk about our lives and all the mediocrity that we have going on. So basically, what did I do this week? Um, main, main thing that I accomplished this 4th of July weekend was I sweat. I sweat three times in four days. <laughs> That sounds that's, horrible. That's my yearly, man. yeah. That's my yearly quota. Like, honest, wow. Once I was moving a guy in a truck, so I was in a truck for three hours and helping him Tetris all of his goods. That was a successful time. The other time was a go karting with a friend for a birthday, and it just got really hot, and I sweat while I was racing like forty miles an hour around a track, which was hella fun. And then I went with um, the studio to go cut down somebody's tree and so we horrible yeah we dismantled the tree with chainsaws so that was that was the big part of my week and then in the gaming world i just played valiant hearts and trying to think if i got anything else in i really don't think i did much more than valiant hearts this week and it was fun that's it short swim simple i was gonna ask you questions about the tree cutting down thing but i feel like that would be a bad idea it was it was it was easy and fun. It was good. This was it. It was good. It was good. This poor guy. Because I was like, uh, you didn't tell us that was part of the deal when we got the warehouse. Really? Because he made it sound like everybody knew <laughs> no, that that was part of the I deal. I had no idea. I was like, uh, <laughs> you don't get to like shove work off onto me because <laughs> you did us a favor. I like after the fact, you don't get to be like, oh, by the way, guys, my lawn needs to be mowed and my dog needs to be babysat for five days. So, <laughs> so we let story, you borrow that one thing that one time. The story is that my studio was making their, their video for the 48 and one of the guys that secured a location did so by negotiating a tree removal, a, a downed tree that had fallen over the wind. And he had said, sure, the studio will come and help you take care of this tree. You know, after we fake, you know, after we do our film, if we can shoot the warehouse, he made it sound like everybody was on board. So, <laughs> so he, one other studio member, and myself, who had nothing to do with the shooting, the shooting part, uh, we went with chainsaws and chopped up the tree, and it was it was good. It was effective and productive, and it was good charity work. So I I felt good about it. So and that was sweat. it. You got, I, your, right. you got your yearly quote of sweat in, so you're I'm good. Done. That's cool. Right on. What about you, Rachel? Uh, my life has become music, coffee. TV and just video games. So 
had a pretty uneventful week. I did fireworks, but it was cool. <laughs> I totally forgot that it was the fourth this week. None yeah, me too. Stuff I was going to mention <laughs> has anything to do with fireworks. Nothing awesome happened. Well, just just that and just valiant hearts and some usual Animal Crossing and. Of course, the Animal Crossing. Of course. I know. It's part of my ritual. It's my life. <laughs> um, no, I guess, yeah, I beat Valiant Heart today. I'll probably start Nino Cooney. I think that's on the. I got that'll be my next one. Oh, man. Oh, Skippy Doo. If there, if there has ever been anyone <laughs> that is could possibly Don't develop a problem <laughs> from a video game, it is you and Nino Cooney. And Good. I am so excited to watch this. <laughs> Go down. Hey, like, me too. I don't. I mean, Drew, has there ever been a better candidate for like a uh, a Nino Cooney like oh, just uh, addict? <laughs> Bring it on! Yeah. Bring yeah. it on! So you, especially in the completionist aspect of Rachel's oh. life. Yeah, I it feel will like we're like eighty hours plus. Don't we'll you feel like we're encouraging an alcoholic too. to drink? Oh. Like yeah. this is this yeah. is like pushing <laughs> someone who has a problem. Into a game that is made specifically for that problem. Oh, don't entice me more. So I'm excited. I've been wanting to play it. Both of you guys have been encouraging Je- me to play it. Yeah, Jeff, one, one of us should probably call her boss and just ask ask him to let her go right now. I know. <laughs> just vacation. Yeah, just I, give her, give her a couple vacation weeks. time. I know, right? <laughs> oh. Seriously, though, like, real talk, I'm super pumped for you to play Nino Kuni. Like, Good, me too. Drew and I, you loved it, right, Drew? I mean... Absolutely, absolutely. It, uh... Nino Cooney is like truly a special game. I think it's uh, it's one of those games that is so incredibly underappreciated and uh, was one of the real like kind of jewels of the PS3. Good, no, that's yeah, good. No. I'm excited to play it. When and are you starting? TV, um, probably tomorrow or tonight. <laughs> I still need to finish that stupid video that that lady is having me do. Aren't you You're still? That was like though? weeks ago. You started. That. Oh, it's a week process. It's a thirty-minute-long video. So, brother, yeah, that is hella long. Super fun. I'm about halfway done with it, and I still need to collect some footage. And I have like three days to do it. So, mm. I better get that done. I, I'm gonna need to add some some elements to my classes to talk about when to let go of a project, when to say no to a project. <laughs> That's right, actually seriously. a really good idea. Like, yeah. so nice. Don't do if they're over sixty five and they don't know what an iPad <laughs> don't do it. Seriously. Or charge retarded amounts of money. Right. Because you will be run through the ringer. Like I did, I mentioned last week, right? My mom wanted to change some stuff yep. on a website and I said no. Yep. It's because she loses her mind. Like <laughs> technology and old people like I mean Sure, there are a few probably that can use technology, but man, it's it's like if you're past some like magical, there's like this magical barrier at, that happens around sixty that I just think fries most people's tech brains. <laughs> no, it's just that they grew up without it. You know? What if we no, could uh, fast forward to see what KT is like at sixty and see how he handles technology? What if KT get is off my lawn, youngins? <laughs> he's probably just going to be the exact same that he is now <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be the same no i i think i think what it is it, you, you, you got to go through that if, it, anytime you're exploring the freelance world or, or you know what you are worth you've got to go through that saying okay i did this much t- this much work the last time and it wasn't worth my time so you get smarter you know it's, it's, it's trial by error but i, I think you got to go through it to a certain degree uh I, well i did i did it last year too so i kind of knew what i was getting into but it just sucks and it's just, I don't know, just a good deed. So I just got to kind of do it. That's nice of you. I know. That, that and just some crazy stuff went down on my television shows. So What, te- what television the, shows? Doctor the, Who's? The Doctor Who's and the, well, Attack on Titan is kind of going downhill for me. But Doctor Who's getting pretty cray. So that's pretty cool. Doctor Who. I still can't get into Doctor Who. Dude, I don't uh, blame you. But it's it's... It's there, man. It's there. I'm two episodes left on the fourth season. There's some switcher switcheroosies going down. So, somebody told me Spoiler I could jump alert. into the to the third season, and I'd be okay if I just jumped in on the third season. <laughs> I think you would be okay. okay. Well, mm, I don't know. There's some important characters that appear in the first two. Yeah. They're kind of big deals, Drew. They're kind yeah, of big deals. I don't have time in my life right now. Yeah, <laughs> I won't ever have time for Doctor Who. Anyway, is that is that it? You do anything else cool? Anything fun? 
Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. Then, uh, so for me, uh, I spent my week kind of surviving without my wife, uh, which is a different kind of, uh, uncomfortable, uh, eat, eating a lot of Velveeta mac and cheese. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also have had more time with video games than normal. And so I've been playing a lot of Wolfenstein, which man, Wolfenstein is awesome. It, uh, very underrated game. I think, I think a lot of people that reviewed this game played through the first hour and were probably probably just kind of set in their idea of what this game was and what it was about because the first hour is really not good at all. Um, it's very cliche. It's very cookie cutter and it has really, it just has no heart. Like there's no real story to it. Um, but as you progress through the game, it, uh, it really actually has quite a good story, you know, Post-World War II, Germany won. The Nazis won World War II by dropping an A-bomb on Manhattan. Um, and you are part of a resistance group fighting against the Nazi regime. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, the story's great. The characters are great. Um, and to take a Duke Nukem-looking main character and give him a personality that, that makes sense, uh, I thought was probably not easy to do, but they did it really well. Um, in addition to that... Uh, some Valiant Hearts, and then because I can't control myself and I saw the Destiny upgrades that were available, I upgraded <laughs> to the Digital Guardian Edition. Um, I just honestly kind of couldn't help myself. And it's game. only the second uh, game that I've ever got like a special edition of. So when we're going to get into that away, more. The mice will play. Exactly. That's what I'm so, saying. <laughs> what was so, the first? Mass Effect 3. Oh, okay. Like I played guess. Mass Effect 2 like probably 140 hours in Mass Effect 2 and I was like, you know, Bioware deserves my money. <laughs> so, uh we'll we'll get into uh that kind of stuff a little bit later as one of our topics. But first, uh I think we're going to kick it over to Drew for the news. So KT, just kick it off, bro. If it ever goes I got news. Oh, I got tons of news. So there's lots to go. I think some of these will go really fast. So number one here, the uh, the story then of a loot-grabbing RPG-style game in a living comic book art style, also known as Battleborn. So we learned a little bit more today uh, from IGN about the Bo- Battleborn game, which is the next one from Borderlands, the dev- developers on that one. So what do you guys think on this style? You've probably seen the trailer and some of the things that they launched off of that. What are your thoughts? Um, I'll uh, probably go ahead. No, you, go. you first. I'll I probably I'm, I get the Game Informer, so I'll probably read a whole ton about it once yes. once I get around to it. But I know um, I'm not a big MOBA person. It, it looks cool. I think it's a really nice change of pace when games don't really go for like a realism look, which right this but, game is like a cartoony feel. So I think it's pretty cool. Definitely but, no, Mo- MOBA. Just so everybody knows, MOBA massive online. Battle Arena, is that right? Yes. Sounds right. Okay, cool. He <laughs> did Honestly, it. Me, like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised actually how little I give a crap about how this game looks. Like, the trailer to me was really boring and not very interesting. And uh, maybe I'm alone in that, but I was not impressed. Um, I was not impressed at all by it. And. You don't, you don't yeah. love it. Didn't grab you. Okay. And the, and that what the thing that bothers me though about that, or the thing that kind of frustrates me about it, is that I love Gearbox. I think Gearbox does amazing work. And uh, yeah, so to to see this and to not have it be something that really grabbed me was disappointing. No, I'm, I I can get you. I feel you. All right, let's go on. I got I got more news. What about this one? Uh, Square Enix unleashed a new interactive comparison trailer for their upcoming Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD remix, which I thought was kind of cool way that they put together this interactive standard def, high def comparison trailer that you could play and watch through it. As it played, it would like scroll back and forth, left to right, and show you um, what what some of these scenes look like now that they've been remastered and, and upgraded. Um, so check out the link in our show notes because it's it's really cool to watch if you if you played the first Kingdom Hearts uh, two and then this remix and how it's like I don't know you just see like the the jittery lines go away and some of the costumes that are new and stuff. So what are you guys are you excited? I figured this one you'd would you'd love this one, Rachel. I was so excited, so excited. It just looks beautiful and it's going to be 
You know, I kind of wish that they were releasing it for the PS4 because it would just look just look better, better, better. And it looks like that's kind of what they're going for. So I, I imagine at some point we'll we'll see it right? on the PS4. Maybe even a huge bundle when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. It'll be like, everything. <sighs> Right. I I have to interrupt for a second. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought. was just watch. So I was just watching the uh, the comparison video, and it had Maleficent, and it totally reminded me that I forgot to mention that I went to FantasyCon this weekend, and so did Drew. <laughs> I did. I spent a lot of time there, actually. My three year old child held a giant tarantula in her hands, and uh, I was I've never been so disappointed in myself and proud of her at the same time. <laughs> um, I felt like a horribly irresponsible parent, but also incredibly proud That's that uh, she was brave. And uh, yeah, so funny. No, I saw Maleficent. Maleficent was at FantasyCon. I also saw a bunch of uh, LARPers. Did you watch any of the LARPing oh, yeah. battles, Drew? Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to get out there and, and just <laughs> That was hit. awesome. They had like, this huge arena with just people with foam swords running all over, just kicking each other and hitting each other. It was awesome. Dressed like ogres and like oh, wizards yeah. and crap and like yeah. eating the freaking piss out of each other. And yeah. I loved every second of it. I was Dude. like, dude... <laughs> People make fun of these dudes all the time, but I, I get it now. They were in it. They were in it. Yeah. No, yeah. the Geek Report did a live show on Saturday morning. So we had a whole panel. We had this entire ballroom to ourselves to do a live show. And that was that was crazy fun part of of the uh, Fantasy Con. So look forward to that. That's um, awesome. Geek Report's coming back with their second season in the fall. I think end of August, early September, we're going to do another 13 shows. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. But, but that's that's different news. Let's get on to this news. And this one will be quick and easy. <gasps> Rumors, rumors surfacing today and again on IGN that Beyond Two Souls was going to come to PS4 with a director's cut. Thoughts? Yay? Nay? I know, I, I know. One of you said you weren't really excited. No, not at all. Um, mostly just because, um, well, the game didn't review well at all. Everyone I talked to that played it was disappointed by it. Um, I loved Heavy Rain, which was the last game that these guys made, and. Um, to come off a game that was as good as Heavy Rain to this, which is uh, kind of... Well, so this game's weird. It either got like 10s or 2s in reviews. Like there were very so few people that were... Yeah, it was wow, wildly hit or miss, like in a way that I haven't seen in many games recently. And so um, I never picked it up. I didn't want to waste 60 bucks on something that could be a total flop. And uh, that was disappointing. Um, I like Ellen Page. I like Willem Dafoe. But uh, somebody, I didn't hear it. enough good stuff about it to to get into it. So to me, this I is meh. heard anything about it even from anyone. So I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, right. I mean, there were a lot. A lot of people had high hopes for it, but it just just didn't live up to it. So it surprises me that they're doing this. This it's like this is one of those that is kind of just annoying to me, and I don't really understand. Like I get The Last of Us. A lot of people have switched from the the three three sixty over to the PS4. The Last of Us remake makes sense to me. Uh, I get that. This to me, I don't get it. That makes okay. Well, we'll see what happens when it comes out. Maybe we'll review the director's cut again. All right, moving on to news number four. News number four says, again, this one again from IGN. I spent a little bit of time looking at all their fun stuff. But they had this really cool stuff where they showed off the beta version of the Destiny map, Venus Shores. They, they went to, uh, I think they went to Bungie. Somebody went over there and did a walkthrough with, with, with one of their developers and just had a chance to kind of see everything for that first little level that's coming out with the beta, which is like 10 days away. 17th. 17th. So plan on a uh, live stream up at the uh, haunted basement we like to hang out at, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So I'm excited about that, but I thought it was kind of cool. So if you want to see the jump on IGN, and they've got walkthroughs of the first couple of levels. So uh, speaking of Destiny and the excitement there, we'd mentioned this a little bit earlier. First look we got of uh, several Destiny collectors editions, m- like multiple collectors editions announced. Uh, I believe we'd heard of the Ghost edition already. Yummy. Uh-huh. Exciting. And the limited edition and now the digital guardian edition. All of those uh were were kind of laid out today. Um gosh, wow, special editions. Is is this what we're talking about later on in the show? Yeah, we'll get into this a little bit more. Uh okay. I think for the news it's just important or worth noting, I guess, that uh I mean Bungie came out with a bang as far as these special editions go. So if you're into special editions at all, be sure to check it out. You can find information both on Bungie's website and on the PlayStation blog. And and the news was that if you already had pre-ordered, it would be easy enough to get in there and up your order to the yep. to the next edition. <laughs> Wasn't and- it, Jeff? 
Yeah, it was easy. It was way too <laughs> damn easy is what it was. I was like, in fact, I logged in. So the way that it worked was it just told you the balance to upgrade. Uh-huh. It didn't give you the actual price. And so I logged in and it said 35 bucks. And I was like, I can do 35 bucks. <laughs> Freaking didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. This nice. looks awesome. And then I logged into the PlayStation store later on a computer just to like, I was just browsing prices of stuff. And I saw that that, you know, standalone, if I bought it without having pre-ordered it already is like 85 bucks. And I was like, holy freaking crap, dude, that is a lot of money. Good thing wifey's out of the country. That's right. She'll never know. Don't tell her. She'll never know. You just got a flashlight. Yeah. This is this is yeah that's exciting. I, that is what we'll we'll talk a lot more about special collectors editions for a topic later on in the show today. So it's that's good news. Um, and it, we have our special a special producer guest that will talk about his addiction. So that's good. Let's go on to number six. Sony struggling to keep up with the PlayStation Vita demand. This one coming from Forbes actually, and it was just an interesting, um, I, I guess almost a what you'd call it a. A guy's like perspective. He kind of just said, "I noticed that anywhere I looked for uh, Vita, I couldn't find it at Walmart or Amazon or anywhere else. It was just kind of sold out everywhere." So he kind of started speculating, "What does this mean? Does it mean that finally the man is caught up with the you know the people that want the the Vita? Is it that they just haven't been making enough?" But all in all, he kind of speculates that it, it's good for Sony that that there's enough demand out there to warrant you know a scarcity of the commodities. So what? What do you guys think? So my my question to this would be like who who are the customers that are buying this? Like where is this market coming from? Uh, he I speculates think, on that, and and I think that um, I mean, from my opinion, I think you're getting PlayStation Four users that are saying, "Holy cow, dude! If if I have a Vita, I can be remote playing a game anywhere that there's Wi-Fi," and uh, that's huge. I mean that. Yeah that for me having just started a job that's going to have me traveling a lot mm-hmm. has been has been something that's been kind of on my mind for the last several weeks is like wow i'm gone most of august it might make sense to have a vita so i can just be doing something rather than sitting in my hotel room bored so that does that does make sense i could see that working for you so i i think that i i, I don't know like the other draw is that you're, we're seeing some pretty good games come out on. It. I mean, Borderlands just came out on the on the Vita, and then and it also was, Child it was a bundle, Light. right? I mean, Borderlands had a bundle that was yeah. also kind of driving the sales of that. Yeah, that's but then Child of Light, I was like, dude, Child of Light's perfect. Sorry, Rachel, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, that's I see like the Vita is almost like a cheaper down, slightly downgraded version of the PS4, which is why I've been wanting one just because Child of Light came out, and then plus PS Plus has been coming out with games, yeah, consecutively. Definitely. Like Limbo wasn't available on PS3 for free, but it's available yeah. on the Vita for free. So yeah, wasn't um, Dragon's Crown was uh, free on Vita through PlayStation Plus, but it wasn't you couldn't use the cross buy stuff so. That the Dragon's Crown would also be a really great one, and Guacamelee. Like, right. well, there are several games that I'm like, man, it would be a hell of a lot of fun if I could just play this on the go. And if, it's just like cheaper too. Like, yeah, I was gonna say if 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 I ever somehow in this short year came up with enough money to get a PS4, I would definitely get a bundle. I think I would get the Vita just just to have that remote play opportunity and to have those cross buys and yeah. So, are you planning on getting? Destiny Drew. You know, it's a first. See, he's I, getting uh, it. It's a first person <laughs> shooter, which I know that Drew is like almost right? morally opposed to. <laughs> I don't he's know about like, morally. It's like maybe it's not more morally, like, but more like vertigoally. Yeah. We're on the let's, same. let's see what his idea is after he plays the beta. Yeah. Let's ask him I, that same question. Yeah. After he plays the beta. All right. All right. Yep. Moving on. Yep. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I got distracted. All right, so then uh, I got two more of these to go with the news world. And this one I found really interesting. This one, uh, Nadia Nippon. Uh, this is The Evil Within was censored in Japan. So The Evil Within had to release a different version that everybody could buy. And then you get the DLC, which they're calling 
gore mode. So if you want to be able to see the, the, you know, what everybody else is going to see, you'd have to buy this DLC to play the Western version with all the gore. But I thought that was really interesting that they were doing this kind of limiting of, of the game based on, you know, the, of course, Japan has a different rating system. They don't have ESRB. They have a different system that they, that they set out. But yes I found this to no. be some in- interesting news that they, that to get around that, they'd say, okay, we'll sell you, we'll sell you the game this way. You can produce the game this way. And then you get this extra download content that turns it into the same game that everybody else is playing. What are your thoughts, Rachel? Oh, Japan. Eh. I don't know. Eh. I was kind of surprised. I mean, weren't you surprised that this was Japan, though? I mean, Japan doesn't seem like a place that would be censoring stuff all that much. Like, I mean, with the title, like The Evil Within, I don't know. Maybe there's some more to it. But the reason why Japan's censoring it. Mm, it's deeper than that, maybe. It's deeper. It's much more. I think, I think there's implications. Just the idea that you could create a game. And I mean, there's been a lot of discussion the last couple of weeks about the PG-13 rating on movies and that kind of stuff. But yeah. interesting that you could create a game, create it the way that it's going to get the rating that you want, but then still make that next level of... I mean, Think about that for even like a DVD or a movie. Have a cut that was just fine for the family. And then to be able to click a button on your Blu-ray and get a whole different cut of it for bigger kids. I don't know. That's, that's, Maybe I like it's that. even just a marketing scheme because, you know, if there's like a special thing to it, then more people Maybe. will buy it. Maybe the DLC is like five bucks. It's like, you want gore? You want heads popping off and exploding? <laughs> right. Yeah. Five, five more dollars. So that's possibly another incentive as well. I'd, I'd pay five bucks to take that away. So what surprised me about this? <laughs> oh, like, I, I think we've all... We've all come to kind of expect that this is how like the status quo will be with China once um, the Xbox True. One and the PlayStation are into China. Um, you don't typically see this out of Japan, though. You see it a lot in Australia. Like Australia has a bunch of weird censorship laws, um, but I, I hadn't seen it in Japan, and so that's what kind of made this interesting to me. Yeah. But I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Like if they want to censor or like clean up games, well, I I do and I don't have a problem with it. I guess like. Part of me thinks, you know, I I think if I were an artist, if I was a person putting this game together, like you kind of put a, a, a part of yourself into what you're doing. And so to not be able to tell the story you want, like if you want to tell a violent story, like as the artist behind it, like you should be able to tell whatever story you want. And if a country doesn't want it, like I'd rather say, okay, then don't sell my game in your country than, <laughs> I don't know, but then the, the dollar bill. Right. Right. kind of speaks and is listened to. So, yeah, I don't know. It's yep. interesting. Yep. All right, last one for our news today is that Project Project Beast is back. We heard a little bit of Project Beast that was kind of revealed at E3, but uh, the game itself is called Bloodborne. This is from the same guys that do... Um, what was this? Miyazaki, right? So this is the same guys that do Demon Souls, Dark Souls? Yes, sir. Right. So the the cool news here is that that it's going they're going to have a playable demo at Gamescom, which is just next month, um, and then it'll be released early 2015. So how cool how cool is that playable demo that that we'll probably see some some footage from soon from Bloodborne? Yeah, 20, 2015 is going going to be a uh, a crazy year. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of things that we've heard lots of rumors about now that are going to be showing up. So that's it. That's my news. All right, then, uh, KT, drop the uh, drop the beats for Rachel, yo. Stop. <laughs> Hello. Okay, so this comes to you from. <laughs> Did I do that on time? No, I just love Rachel's intros. They're always fun. Oh, howdy. Yes. No, um, the PlayStation blog. So some things you can get this week or some pre-orders you can put down is the Destiny Digital Guardian Edition. Dig deep, dig deep. So that one is only going to be about $90 for the PS3 or PS4. And you get some cool stuff with it. So like the emblem pre-order bonus, an exclusive ghost shell, a player ship and a player emblem. And then reservation for two Destiny upcoming expansions, which is usually popular with the pre-ordering. Um, you can also get the new, or you can pre-order the Oddworld new and tasty for twenty nine ninety nine on the PS4. And I think we mentioned that game last week. 
Yep. So it's just it's a new odd world. Yes. Yep. Um, PS4 games you can pre-order is Another World. 20- Not pre-ordered. These are oh, out today. These are out today because today is the eighth. Yep. Yeah. So go pick up Another World 20th Anniversary Edition, and then you can also get that Curious Mousecraft game we've been talking about for a while. So stupid. Well, I want to see it. I do want to see it. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next indie game. Right? Oh, barf. Drew just on, likes this puzzlers. My, this is my game. <laughs> this is my bag. I, don't, I can't shoot things, but I can play puzzles. I'll, I'll puzzle around what your What a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> what a nerd. Uh, some PS3 games are The Wolf Among Us, Episode 5. What? Cry. I just realized I didn't see that until just now. Yep. Yep. Well, Today. That's awesome. That's the final one of the season. Yeah, so we'll probably have to play those. Let's do. They're great. Yay. Um, Also, Le Tour de France, season 2014. Didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) Since when do they make bike games? Right. (laughs) Well, Lance Armstrong does drugs. (laughs) No. You have to use your thumbsticks and you roll your thumbsticks in a circle like, you know, like you're cranking a wheel and dying hard. Yeah, that's how you cycle. Well, the most most interesting part of the game is that you have to use the left and right uh, L2 and R2 to tie tubes around your arms and inject, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, enhancement drugs into your veins as you oh race and basically you you have to be able to be the best doper be the fastest in the game the fastest doper, doper. Do we do? Awesome. But there's a trophy for it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get your like blood alcohol content to a certain <laughs> level, there's a freaking tro- gold trophy. Oh, <laughs> if you so can win horrible. a race when you're at a certain level of inebriation. <laughs> Like if you can win the Tour de France at a point oh eight through the entire thing, you get the platinum alcohol. trophy. <laughs> it's not it's performance enhancing. It's not alcohol. That's decreasing. You don't know that. Don't worry about it, Drew. Maybe it's special you don't talk alcohol. Like you know sports. You see these tracks? <laughs> you see don't, these? Don't talk like you know sports. <laughs> if right, I say so. he's, if I say performance enhancing drugs is marijuana, cigarettes, then uh, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I know right. drugs. How about that? Energy for food. I might not know sports, but I know drugs. (laughs) All right. So then we have... Okay, yeah. We have the One Piece Unlimited World Red. Um, Some Scaratera Kiss of Death. I did want to see that one. Scaratera sound looks pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't have expected that, but okay. Yeah, I'm surprised, Drew. Red, that one threw me off good. I don't know. And then some demos coming out are going to be The Thief. The Lockdown, and Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Revolution. I I don't ninja, think I'm even going to Ninja Gaiden up. is the only ninja I need. Yeah, I don't think I'm even even bother with the Thief demo. Like, I didn't nope. touch it. I didn't go anywhere near it. Nope. Uh, I see Doki Doki still there at the bottom. That's Drew's favorite. <laughs> I, do, I do love that. I do love some of that. Yeah. <laughs> Drew likes the weirdest games. Just <laughs> gotta get that Doki Doki, bro. <laughs> you make it sound so cool. I didn't like The Walking Dead, but I definitely want to play Mousecraft. <laughs> I am who I am. Okay, that's why we love you. We're all judging if it was you. Zombie Mousecraft, I'd be out of there. Oh, would you? Thing. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely love the puzzles. I love. Uh, you know what? Let's let's we'll go into an indie game. On. Going yep. on. Because that's oh, what I want to talk I'm about. I'm excited for the indie game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rachel, you're still the boss. Go ahead. Oh, I am just the queen today. Okay. The indie ish game. Oh, wait, Drew, do you have an oh. indie ish game of the week song that you want to sing for everybody? Yeah, yeah. Every time we do indie ish, it goes like this. This is, um, it's indie game, indie game, <laughs> indie game of the week. But it's so indie ish today. It's indie ish, right? We got the ish. So, our indie ish game, uh, the reason why it's indie ish game is because it comes from Ubisoft Montepelier. Montepelier. Montpelier. Everyone gets so butthurt over like words. The word okay, and it's Valiant Hearts: The Great War. Pelier. Mount Pelier. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Valiant Hearts, awesome. Valiant Hearts, awesome. It's a great game. So yeah, Ubisoft's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big name, so that's why we gave it an indie-ish. However, it's fifty fourteen ninety nine on the PS PS Store. It was super fun. It's on PS three, PS four. Go pick it up. Um, so the synopsis of the story is that it's a great. Uh, it takes place in the Great War. It's a puzzle adventure video game developed by Ubisoft. 
and published by Ubisoft. The game is inspired by letters written during the Great War and has five characters on the battlefield. So there's Emil, who is a farmer who becomes a prisoner of war, searching for his son-in-law named Carl, who is also a character. And Carl's purpose is to get back to his wife and take care of his son. Anna is a Belgian nurse. And Freddie is an American soldier fighting for his fallen wife. Then there's my favorite character, and his name is Walt, and he is an adorable <laughs> dog. Yes. He is pretty adorable. He's and so helpful. Cute. Very helpful dog, yes. Right? And, oh, so cute. Anyways, this game deals with love, survival, sacrifice, and friendship. The game is powered by UbiArt Framework and an in-house engine by Ubisoft previously used for Rayman Origins and its sequel, Rayman Legends, as well as Child of Light and the former two being developed by Ubisoft Montpellier as well. So yay! Very cool. Yay. So Yay. first first impressions, I guess. What what did you guys think as far as um like how did I don't know. I mean, what was your first impressions getting into the game? Uh, what stood out to you? Drew, you I, go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. I really like kind of the comic book style because when it first start when you first get into it and you start playing and it introduces you to these characters in almost kind of a frame by frame like comic book style, even as you start playing the first couple letter levels, um Rather than scrolling sideways to showing you something or, or trying to you know cut, do a cutscene to show you what's going on somewhere, it puts in this like comic book frame that kind of hits right up at the corner of the screen and right. shows you what's what's near you or coming at you. So I thought that was you know I, early on I just thought oh that's that's kind of a cool way to to do that and that's kind of fun. And then um, right away I found the um, you hit triangle and it shows you like blurbs about what that that storyline is at that moment. In, in like history, like the actual history. So it would have pictures of historical uses of gas and zeppelins and, and things that, that you're experiencing in the game. You go back and you could read it and see what's going on and, the, you know, what, how it came to pass and, and what was happening in the... How it was relative. Yeah, 1911, and this is how we dug trenches. And that, to me, as soon as I saw that, because that was early on, I was like, well, this, this is trying to do something more than gaming. And, and yeah. I loved it. Also, yeah. if you read thirty more, thirty of those, you get a, a trophy for it. So, <gasps> wow! I probably, I think I probably did because I read a lot right off. So, I'm, I'll just jump in right there on that on that note. Like I, uh, I, I'm I'm a history nerd. I listen to podcasts about history. And, <laughs> what a nerd! Yeah, I I love it though. And World War One for me is, uh, it's it's a period in time that I think is very misunderstood, especially for Americans, because we uh, were not connected to the war the way that we were with World War II. And so I think for Europeans, this is a much more um, relevant war that was fought. Um, but I, I loved that they, like those little blurbs that you, you talked about and mentioned, Drew, about, uh, you know, it'll bring up information about the chlorine gas that was used. It'll yeah. bring up information about the trenches and the, the, the living conditions. Um, so like a week and a half or two weeks before this came out, I listened to a podcast that was almost four hours long. Um, Where do you and, find the time? Which was part of, <laughs> it's actually part of a four, it's a four part series about world war one. Each, each episode is almost four hours. So it's like a 16 hour podcast Jeez. just That's about world war one. Um, so from the, you know, the kicking off of the war with the assassination of uh, the Belgian prince, um, Franz Ferdinand, to, um, you know, the trench warfare and these lines, they would spend months just not going anywhere. Uh, tens of thousands of people dying without ever moving a foot in either direction. Right. And uh, last night when I was playing the game, um, it actually talked about one of the battles where... For a 10-month period, every single minute, the French and the German soldiers were losing, um, were losing a soldier. A soldier was right. being killed every minute yep. for yep. 10 months straight while the line never moved an inch in either direction. And like, um, you know, the, the gas that was being used, the chlorine gas that was being used and what it actually did to the person's lungs. Uh, the podcast I was listening to really got into that and talked about the, the effect of chlorine gas on lung tissue and how it just totally dissolves lung tissue and you end up suffocating on your own dissolved lungs. Um, 
Thanks, Jeff. And that the the, the <laughs> game actually talks about that. Like this game, it does. It does. This game seeks to both entertain and tell you a story, but also to inform you on on something that is really like important and tragic. And it's something that people don't spend enough time. Like I am kind of biased, like as a like as a reservist military person, like. Um, I feel like there's value in understanding the wars that have been fought and the purposes behind the wars that have been fought. And uh, this game gives such a great glimpse and such an interactive um, and, and it, and it teaches in such a cool way. Yeah, like, it does. I wish, you know, like what if history teachers had this tool in a classroom to be able to say, students, we're learning about world war one. I, I want you to play this game and write a story or write a report about trench warfare and i want you to do a little research outside of this but i want you to play this to kind of get a feel for what it is or you know get a feel for battlefield medicine uh we talked earlier about um uh what's her name anna right the nurse the nurse um the scene and this isn't really a spoiler she's a nurse you do nursing things with her so i hope i'm not spoiling anything when i say that you help do you help do amputations as this nurse and um it like makes you cringe in a really weird cartoon way you know yeah but they also have this great balance where like you're focusing so steadily on his heartbeat that it's difficult to focus on the fact that you're cutting a dude's arm off right yeah i let and, my kids i let my kids do that part so i could watch the amputation <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know it it distracts you from the gore in a way that still makes you feel what you're doing so that's that's my intro part what about you rachel what do you think oh man so how far did you guys get in the game because i finished it this i'm morning. three quarters of the way through the third episode uh cool. third chapter so i haven't so, i haven't gotten into the fourth yet that's, right. that's about where i'm in so there are four chapters of the game i finished the game and it was like yo man it was deep it didn't it was it was awesome but like coming from a completionist side there were two achievements i couldn't get and i couldn't get the very last one and i know i was i tried very my internet hug were so sweaty i was so frustrated with myself what were you missing i mean i'm trying to figure out like what it was an anna sequence and the trophy is that you have to get it's like it's a it's a really long one is what it is and you have Those to, are, dude. Her sequences are tough, dude. They're they're so stupid. And the ones that I couldn't get were the same button over and over again because I just oh. couldn't get. Them. I'm so, boss of DDR and like Guitar Hero, okay. but I could not get the <laughs> I couldn't get the timing right, and it was driving me nuts. So I I had to give up. And then the other one I didn't get was there are over 100 collectibles in the game, and I didn't know the trophy was you needed to collect all of them. I I realized oh, too wow. late. Yeah. So there's over 100, and the cool thing about the collectibles is I kind of wanted to collect all of them because each one yeah. tells you about what it was, what, yeah, what it was right. and its significance. And like, there's a helmet that they called salad bowls because they were all the European countries, and it was just it was really cool, man. I really liked it. So did you guys? Um, so part of this game is it? There is, um, I mean, there's definitely a puzzle element to it, but it's very simple. And I think that the reason that it was simple is because they didn't want to distract you from the story that they were trying to tell. Right. Did right. that was that something like I know Drew, you are drawn to puzzle games. I'm not typically yeah. drawn to puzzle games. Did it bother you that they were on the simpler oh, that, side? Oh, did it bother me on the simple side? I don't know that it bothered me, but I but I didn't I appreciated the puzzling sides of things and it was simple stuff like, okay, I've got to get this TNT to land on the top of that thing and it's gotta run through some sort of fire before it gets there. Um, and it only, you know, took two or three times to be like, okay, I gotta be at this angle. So, so did it bother me? I don't think so because of this, because the story was still moving forward and I was that much more interested to see what else was happening or how, um, Emil or, um, the, you know, the, how they would all kind of fit together. Cause that's what I liked about each of the chapters is you'd play each of them kind of linearly along their own storyline. And then they'd intersect with somebody else and it would come out of the middle of nowhere. And then you find out about her. So all of that stuff, I think because the story was driving, um, I didn't mind the simpleness of the puzzles that kind of kept things going. If I would have gotten stuck anywhere you know, with a hard puzzle, I think I probably would have been like, Oh, you know, too hard for me. I can't do it. Yeah. The only, 
I, I think they balanced it perfectly. The only time I ever got hung up on anything was uh, there's a point where you have to have the dog pick up some bread. I wandered that freaking map back and forth trying to figure out what the hell I was supposed to do. And I was like, I know I need bread because I can see a plate. I got to put bread in. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Like, I couldn't figure it out. And I finally I was pissed. And I was like, it's the dog. And I did it. And I was like, I'm absolutely stupid. Like, I'm retarded. I can't believe I didn't figure that out. But the, the, you know, the other thing I want to mention that I really loved about this game and that honestly like carried, I think, as much or more emotion than even um, the characters in the game was the music that played when you went into those menus to read their diaries and to read the uh, the information about like what we talked about earlier, the blips it's the about song the war. Too, even mm-hmm. yeah, the uh, the music that plays in those menus where you can read the diaries of the characters themselves or the blips about the war and what was happening. There's something about like it is it is a perfect like tune for what you're reading and looking at and like for the the I think it elicits the feelings that uh Ubisoft really wanted you to get from this game and I really appreciated that. I I appreciated that um while they had a almost childlike art style to the to the story that um that it never felt like disrespectful to the story they were telling. You know no, what I'm not saying? At all. Like, not at all. No. Um, it didn't feel childish. Like it was like they were using almost like the innocence of um, this kind of comic booky, cartoony art to almost drive home the seriousness of the story. If that makes sense, like they weren't they weren't shocking you with gore the way that like a wolfenstein would right, right. but like their subtlety and their their approach almost made you appreciate the horrors of war more than i think like a wolfenstein does that kind of just shuts you off and you're like blood everywhere um no, one, was it, go ahead okay. uh i think <laughs> what, what i love was that, was that you still had the those elements from the photos that they had when you would, when you'd go in to to get those different elements of a of yeah. a storyline they'd still have realistic photos and they were enough to 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 enough contrast from the from the gameplay itself to to look at those and get that you know pictures worth a million words and have played through that and then to see a picture of three guys sitting in a trench it was just kind of like wow wow yeah it really happened yeah Yep, absolutely. So, um, for me, for me, this is a must play. Um, if you're listening, can't recommend enough that you pick this up. If you're interested at all in history, if you like puzzle games, um, or you just want a unique experience with a game, like I love, I love that. Um, you know, hats off to Ubisoft. Honestly, like Child of Light and Valiant Hearts, like those are two games that really had a lot of character and to you know use a cliche like they have a lot of heart they're they're telling stories that matter and that that you can feel and i appreciate that as as someone that gravitates towards storytelling like i i really love that and so from me it's it's a pick it up what about you guys what do you think i agree plus it was only like six seven hours of gameplay too so i mean it was kind of a quick play even so i enjoyed it thumbs up go get it go play it yeah, absolutely. I thought that it was a great use of, of just uh, of of a medium like this to to tell a story like that, right? To to be able to it get the history. Watchdogs for me. It was yeah, no, it was it was good and simple. And I agree with you that this could definitely be used in an educational way to to research and to to learn about things enough to be like, oh, I want to know more about the chlorine gas, or I want to know more about this or that, and then to have somebody go do research. So I think just just as a tr- a trans uh, transmedia type of game that gives you just new information and, and does you know teaches you in a really you don't even realize that you're learning things about history because it's not coming from a history book I, ideal so definitely thumbs up for me yeah, oh cool. professor drew you know one of the things um i think maybe that it'd be worth talking about with dr hazlett when she's up in uh, in utah and on the show with us is maybe using video games in education and like uh the value of video games in education like uh i know that there was a a Dutch school or a Norwegian school a while back that used the walking. We talked about this when we did yeah. the walking dead as our indie yeah. game, right? That they used it to teach, um, like, uh, 
How, how it like no matter morality? what choices, whatever choices you make, it always doesn't make a difference. Is that what they're teaching? <laughs> There's still a zombie. <laughs> There's still zombies. The story just goes on and ends the same way. It was a good game, Drew. I like it. Anyway, this. moving on, moving on before Drew ruins it. <laughs> That's uh, why we play season two. <laughs> yeah, we need to. Um, <laughs> we got we got about um, on the show show. We've got about six seven minutes before we hit our hour. So. Perfect. Yeah, cool. So uh, we're just going to jump right into uh, our topic. We'll we'll bust through this pretty quickly. I just you know, Bungie came out today and talked about the the new Destiny um, special editions. Oh, I was going to uh, say. Oh, I was going to jump in real quick and tell you that Nathan Drake retweeted me. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. Nathan what? Drake. Nothing. Yep, it's true about our show. He, I said, second show starts now, and Nathan Drake himself. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. Back in he's, his no, he's no Shuhei Yoshida, but. I'll take, I'll take it. I'll um, take it. Either way. So, um, Bungie released information about their new special edition, um, uh, what special editions of destiny, Bundles. right? Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, you've got a limited edition, you have a ghost edition, and then you have a digital guardian edition. And, uh, I'm going to break these down really fast. So the limited edition comes with a steelbook case and game disc, a guardian folio, uh, has postcards and arms and armaments filled guide and antique star chart, which that those all sound pretty cool to me. Um, collector's edition, a collector's edition digital content includes uh, an exclusive ghost or a unique ghost casing. Uh, apparently, if you don't have a special edition of the game, your ghost is just white. But anyone that has a special edition of the game will have unique colors associated with it, which I think is pretty cool. You'll get a unique uh, player emblem, unique player ship skin, and uh, includes a Destiny expansion pass. Um, the Ghost Edition is kind of the uh, balls-to-the-wall edition of, uh, the big boys. of this setup. Like this, the, I mean, this is what... KT picked up. It's pretty crazy. It actually comes with a limited edition steelbook case and game disc. You know, same as the other. I'll leave out the stuff that was already mentioned because it comes with everything that the limited edition does. But it comes with a ghost replica. And the description is that this is your motion sensing ghost featuring lights and audio from the game. And it says it may lead you through the darkness. And I think that's pretty freaking cool um, that you have this motion detecting ghost companion that uh that you can use as i don't know if it's like a solid flashlight i don't know exactly what it will do but it sounds sick um and then the digital guardian edition is the um the one we mentioned earlier it comes with vanguard armory and uh player emblem pre-order bonuses um and it includes the destiny expansion pass as well um so the the thing i wanted to talk about was uh how do you guys feel about limited edition or special edition versions of games have you ever purchased them um if not why if yes why and uh we'll bring kt in in a little bit to talk about some of his but uh what do you guys think first of all gosh that's a good question i i understand where they're coming from it totally makes sense to offer something that is special nobody else can get it or or at least very few can get it you raise that barrier to entry and so i i think there's a reason you know as a, as a game producer as you know just a money maker i think there's a reason for it so um i understand it i myself i don't think i've ever purchased a collector's edition of anything wow right. i'm that surprised <laughs> me a little bit collector's edition of final cut pro 10 <laughs> there is no such thing. A really fancy if there was, camera. would you buy it, though, Drew? Yes. yes, if there was, <laughs> if there was, I would. I feel like though, don't you feel like? I mean, backing Kickstarters is kind of like, in its own way, special editions of whatever. I mean, if okay, you're yeah. if you're so, doing you're anything above the salad. actual product that you're buying, right? Yeah, I mean, I back I back him for you know supporting the projects and the ideas. You know, like wow, that's a fantastic way to use that. Here's my money, go for it. Uh, you know, and the rewards are, are nice. And, and once in a while, they are specific rewards. I don't know that I've ever gotten anything that's like this one's exclusive to our backstarter friends. You know, I, it's eventually whatever I'm getting is going to be sold on their stores. Okay. Also, but but I don't I don't know. I'd, it's not a draw for me. How about that? If I have a choice between two things, and this one's you know just slightly a bit more money, and this one's this what everybody else is going to get. I don't have this expendable cash to be like, oh, sure, here's $35 more for 
that. Although I will tell you, I was somewhat tempted when my brother got a Settlers of Catan, uh, like limited edition custom edition thing. It was a full, like, instead of cardboard pieces, it's all ceramic and it's 3D, like, ceramic pieces all hand-painted. And it comes in this massive chest that he'll bring over. So whenever I go to visit and that chest is out on the table, it's like, oh, we're playing games tonight. You know, so I do enjoy playing that because it's a it, it's a way better game experience on that board than it is yeah. on the door. But for me, it's... <laughs> what about you, Rachel? Um, I think it's a really cool idea. Personally, I'm still kind of, like... It only hasn't been recently until I actually started buying things for myself. So as of previous things, I never had the money to do special editions or get them, but I've always wanted them. Like I remember back, back in the day when call of or modern warfare was doing theirs, you got like night vision goggles. I thought that was the coolest thing. What was that? I just said, Ooh, cause night vision was cool. Ooh, night vision was so cool when I was 17. Come on. But I night mean, vision's cool anytime, right? <laughs> so I don't know. And plus, I think when you get a special edition piece that makes it unique and makes it special, makes it interactive. So like this little this little guy thing, I think it makes it just that much more cooler. Because I'm a collector, I'm a hoarder, I guess. So and more immersive. So KT, are you are you there? You want to hop in and talk about why you? Yeah, because I think we got to set the table a little bit. Oh, you guys like hit on all the points. I mean, like Kickstarters, I I will back specific ones. Like my Pebble watch right here, it looks on the surface like any other Pebble watch until you look at the back where no one would ever look, and it says Kickstarter backer edition on the back. Mine, mine doesn't. Yeah, yours matted, and then on mine, you can actually see the uh, Kickstarter thing on there. Um, but like I, collectors editions are fun, but I I don't just go out and blindly get them. Are you sure? Um, yes, I am sure. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't have the Titanfall one because True. as much as as that statue looks cool, wasn't worth like what was it, two hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah, that one was that um, one was heavy. That that's you know, I only go and collect the really good ones or the ones that I get on a really really good deal on, and those are actually fewer and far these days. Um, but that, I, I just like collecting things. Like if you come look in the studio right now, I have like transformer figures over here i got you know game of throne figures over here by the way peter dinklage is making the voice of the little avatar dude thing on there so that just makes it that much more awesome he's remaking it by the way yeah i'm the only one here who watches game of thrones so but it's cool for me so um, so what was it then kt like what was it was there a specific thing that pulled you into and i think i've got is is your audio coming through weird guys uh no so um the, the thing that pulled me in really was one was the steel case. I love collecting steel cases. That's, that's one thing I love doing. Ever since I got the Modern Warfare 2 steel cases, those have always looked cool for me. So I, I was only aiming for the limited edition one. And then I saw all the extra stuff. Um, the, the, you know, the um, Avatar dude, that, was, eh, a, that got me a little more excited. But what got that sold me on might as well go the full um, Ghost Edition was it comes with the season pass. That's mm. something you do not see a lot in these right. limited editions. Sometimes you'll get like an extra map or something, but this is coming with the entire season pass. So I was like, well, might as well just go big on that one. Yeah. And, and you did. Cool. I, uh, I kind of fell into the same boat um, as far as this went. Like, if, if the game's as good as the alpha kind of implies that it's going to be, it only makes sense to jump in with both feet as far as I'm concerned. Like I'm going to end up buying the expansion stuff anyway, and it's going to be more expensive to do that later. So um, that's what you're going to tell your wife anyway, right? Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to lay down and just be like, honey, this is, this was, I'm going to be like, I sent you to France. So if I want to <laughs> freaking pick up the special edition of a game, I'm going to do that. Cause I'm, I really man. saved us $70 by doing yeah, this right now. I, I probably like, won't say what I just said, but I would say, <laughs> My my that. argument would be, honey, I did the dishes once this week. Okay, so oh, yeah. I'm going to be dropping another thirty grand or thirty dollars. <laughs> That's a hell of a special edition. Didn't yeah. they have a million dollar special edition of uh, uh, Saints Row the Fourth? Right, there was a million dollar special edition, and it came with a custom Lamborghini. Good thing Katie didn't see that one. I oh know, yeah, it geez. was. Actually, I think he did see that. One. I wouldn't get that. 
<laughs> so K- KT, I don't know. I hear about this because I, you know, kickstarted a show that I do within the Kickcast. But KT just has this affinity. If something says limited edition and and it's just exclusive or any of those like buzzword, not buzzwords, they're like it's like hook, line, and sinker for him. He sees that and he goes, "Yes." I, I'm sure you're a little bit more discreet than that, but you seem to. No, I'm not that discreet. It's like <laughs> I was going to say, but he's more loud about it. Actually, um, look at my Pebble so, Watch. Guys. So, so what are the things? I mean, like. Like these these throwboy pillows. I only wanted three of them, but then I saw the T-shirt. There goes another like higher level that I got just because I wanted limited edition T-shirt. You wanted limited edition poop pillows? Yeah. No, it was a T-shirt. It was a t-shirt. Out of all the things, it was a T-shirt that got me. So That's limited funny. edition poop T-shirt. Uh, I mean, I mean, I got. Let's see, what else oh, that I got limited edition. <laughs> There's a game that's not going to even be out for until next year. I got it just for an, an extra figure. Like I, I upped like a hundred dollars just to wow. And we're gonna talk about hoarding. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. But, but I'll put a disclaimer, okay? Unlike you guys, I'm I'm single, and you know I have a little bit of disposable income because I don't have a family or anything to take care of. So, you know, I it changes. Either, it, 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 it changes crazy. when you have to like think for two instead of just yeah. one. Yeah, has like a, a big boy job. That sounds like a dream. Anyway, uh, so this has been uh, episode 19 of the Little Big Cast, and uh, it has been a pleasure to be with you today. Please feel free to follow us at Little Big Cast on Twitter. My name, again, is Jeff Hawks. You can follow me at Jeff Hawks. With me today is Rachel. Me? Welcome, yes, Rachel. hello. Hi. At Pirate Rachel with a three instead of an E on the pirate. Yeah. And Mr. Drew Tyler. With the deep dark past, spunky as ever. Yeah. One day, Drew. One someday, day. Someday. You can follow him at <laughs> night twenty on Twitter as well. So uh, f- that's it for us. Episode nineteen in the drain. Uh, KT, why don't you kick out those jams and uh, take us out, buddy? <laughs> Thanks, <Stop>. guys. <laughs> Have a great night, all. I don't hear music, guys. Yeah, I just want to say good night anyway. I bet he's gonna complain about the exponential gain or something. It's all good. Everyone likes our banter. <laughs> <laughs>